Hi guys, welcome back to You Chat Too Much. This is episode six, and today we're going to be talking about happiness. Um, first up, uh, I want to uh, apologize for not being here last week. I have listened to the podcast. Thank you so much to Andy for being on. Um, something, something that I definitely wanted to be a part of, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more again. Um, unlike Madge's uh explanation as to why I wasn't there it was during a time when I was traveling I didn't have long when I was going to Dubai uh long story cut short it was even shorter than expected because of failed um returns of COVID tests um they were all negative but they just didn't get back in time before my flight so I was stuck but uh yeah I wasn't just picking the boys over the podcast as Madge said um Anyway, I'm now back in Malaysia, um, a little bit closer to Madge, but not quite close enough to be in the same room. Madge, how's your week been? I don't see how your explanation was any different to mine from last week. You pretty <laughs> much said the same thing I said. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about lockdown. Let's just talk about something else. Um, the only difference, uh, that, the only thing I've really been doing is watching the Olympics uh, highlights uh, daily, which, is, which has been good. Um, one and a half hour highlights, and it's just interesting to see um, what what the yeah what the Olympics has been like in Tokyo because there's been a lot of um, talk about it. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, instantly when I started watching it was that you know the that that British pride or that hope that you get from sports is like instantly yeah. happen. And I think even though you can question the the need of doing a, a Olympics in Tokyo during this time, I think what it what it has done is it's allowed people to forget. That this past year and a half, how horrible, how horrible it's been, yeah. Um, and the Olympics is, I think, has done that without really, you know, making it a big thing. How do about you think? You? Do you think there's been like more? Um, just a little bit of a side one here, but do you think there's been like more injuries and upsets and the big names dropping out, like you know, like Dina Asher Smith the other day, like pulling up with a hamstring, are like. Um, can't remember his name now, but our top sprinter, like getting disqualified in the finals. And it's been, there's been quite a few. I mean, the Jamaican sprinter the other day, she, she pulled up casually over the line, ended up not qualifying for the finals of the 200 metres. Like, I feel yeah. like there's been more. No, more I think. And obviously Simone Biles, who's like dropped yeah. out due to different things. But I don't know whether the effect of not training as much. Lockdown. No, I think, I think you, 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 there's other stories as well where yeah. people have actually benefited from the year, from yes. the extra year. So, um, what was it now? The like the injuries they're going to happen, right? But the, mm. the, a lot of people have talked about like the fact there's no crowd. So that Jade Jones, uh, I think Taekwondo, in it, who she yeah. got knocked out that first round, and she talked about her family not being there. But like other, other things, um, the rower, I think her name is Catherine Granger, I think. Um, no, it's not Ellen Glover. I can't remember her name. Glover, the one yeah. she gave she gave birth um, uh, since the last Olympics, and then she, because of the extra year, she had the chance to uh, uh, to train. And there's been a lot of stories like that. Actually, I think it's been a mixture of both. I probably think there's been more positive by mm-hmm. having an extra year, um, which has been good. Anyway, shall we introduce our next guest? We're so excited to introduce a big timer we finally got a big timer on the show welcome eddie hearn 
<laughs> Thank you, uh, Magic Cliff Manifold here, not Eddie Hearn. <laughs> I was I was going to try pulling and, you off Eddie uh, Hearn for the rest of the episode. I will use my best non-Eddie Hearn voice for the duration of this podcast. I think, yeah, thanks very much for having me, chaps. Pleased to be here. Pleased to, uh, not that everyone else can can only hear, but pleased to see your faces as well. Good to see you both. So, Cliff, um, good to have you here. Um, so, we know Cliff because he's our football manager. He's a failed footballer, injured, got <laughs> shot knees. Uh, and the only thing that he can really do is shout from the sidelines in his tight top. So that's how we know Cliff. But Cliff, do you want to give yourself a better introduction than that? Yeah, I wouldn't say that's the total description of me, uh, A to Z, but it's, it is a fair description of a part of what I do. Totally, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been living here in Asia and Malaysia now for uh, 11 years. Um, started off working for a company that were based in KL, but they uh, it was a hotel membership and marketing company and they stationed me here and then they stationed me at one of their partner hotels in the philippines and then a partner hotel in vietnam and then the head office in kl and um that was all that all came around very randomly i actually came to malaysia on holiday i'm not sure if either of you guys did match i know you lived here first uh, as part of working but i came to visit friends who, one of my best friend and his wife, who's also a very close friend, she was actually a teacher as well at, at uh, Alice Smith. So I came to visit them on a holiday. Just saw during that during that trip, I moved around a little bit and explored Pangkor and um, also Penang and Langkawi on the super cheap, and just saw a totally different um, style, pace, culture to anything I'd ever. It's the first time I'd ever been out of Europe. And I just saw everything totally differently. And one thing I saw was what seemed to me to be happier people, which is a very interesting point for what we're going to be talking about today. Everyone seemed very chill and calm and relaxed. And having come from London, everyone is generally very rushed. Maybe angry is a bit harsh, but definitely um, um, short, stressed for sure. Yeah. Um, as was I. So, uh, so I saw a totally different side to life. And while I was here, I got put in front of a company for an interview, that hotel company, and they offered me a job and they flew me back out a month later. I was in advertising at the time in London and just canned it all and, and, and came over here. So did that with that company for a couple of years. And then um, by chance, really, I got... Um, headhunted I like to say um, because it sounds cool but recruited really for a gym equipment manufacturer out of the states pretty big company a global company called Precor and um, despite being incredibly underqualified and incredibly underexperienced managed to talk myself into the job as their regional sales guy for for the majority of Asia Pacific especially Southeast and South Asia Um, so I did that for a few years and then again um, living more and more of the Asian life, um, more and more short holiday trips, more and more getting to know the different cultures of the countries where I was regularly going for business trips, Indonesia, Thailand, India, I used to go loads, um, Sri Lanka, I was lucky enough to go a few times for some awesome business trips. Um, and I just came to a point where I, I thought this is definitely where I want to be. Um, but that job was very much, um, I was at a ceiling, uh, in terms of growth. And also I was doing far too much global travel, going to the States, 
um, too many times per year for my liking after having done it for so many years that kind of long haul travel gets really tiresome Joe will attest to having done a couple of trips recently which I'm sure got um, at the end of your tether with mm. um, during that and I was doing that for work you know and it all got a bit too much so then um, another friend of, of mine who you guys both know plays on the football team and enjoys my tight shirt shouting uh, Dom and I had a chat one day and, and I told him about the idea of maybe buying an anytime fitness franchise because they were a big client uh, of mine um, in my job and they were starting to open up franchises in Malaysia which was it was only about a year or so they just started doing that and uh we borrowed some money, found some money, saved some money and uh, and did it. And then it's kind of snowballed from there. And we opened one branch. It went quite well. We opened a second, then we opened a third and a fourth and a fifth. And now we're, we're actually about to close one quite sadly and then opening an, another new one to replace it. So kind of by chance, I've ended up in this. It wasn't it wasn't a path. It wasn't something I was looking to do in terms of finding my own business and all that kind of thing. But it just kind of happened potentially from lack of other options and that being something that was there to maybe take a gamble on. Um, and um, yeah, that's, that's what happened. So that's, that's where I am now living, a, living um, a quite high stress, but potentially hopefully soon uh, high reward <laughs> life as well. Once we get back into normality. So yeah, that's me. Cheers, Cliff. I think um, I think one thing that I noticed very quickly about Cliff is, and you you kind of talk about this, but you've got a great uh, a great way of like talking to people, and I know sometimes people will kind of might say that like you know you can talk your way into a job and whether that's the right thing to do or not, but like you you've you've done that, and I think one thing I always credited you for was. Um, if people were to invest in you, I mean, I feel crazy giving you so many compliments, but I'm loving this. this if, is great. Somebody, if somebody is investing in you, it's not, they're not investing in like your ideas or your company. They're, they're investing in your like work ethic and you're just like, mm. um, you know, kind of just like outright determination to do it and to like make it work somehow. And obviously you know, there's no, um, there's no other reason as to why you've gone from, uh, you know, hotel industry bars into like sales. And now you've got like seven fitness first empires, like gym. I oh, know not fitness first, the other one, anytime yeah. fitness. Is. So oh, I used to screw him over there. So, I mean, it's amazing. And, I, and, you know, I credit you for that. Um, and I think that's a big part of today in terms of like pursuing that happiness in terms of, you know, work, life balance, you know, working flat out now for the reward later or, or whatever else. So, Madge, do you want to start us off with uh, this idea of the journey to happiness? You know, before, before we start, I was actually going to give Cliff the the new title of you chat too much but then you start talking again <laughs> yeah all right let's move on all right so <laughs> today we're talking about happiness uh and i'm actually excited about this uh, because we we all have we've had a quick chat about it and i want joe to start first but me and cliff have a very different version of what happiness means to us and um personally i know joe quite well so um, one of the things that at the start of the this year 
he was actually talking about that one of the things that he wanted to do at like a New Year's resolution, but not necessarily that, but he wanted to focus on himself and he wanted to kind of work out what happiness meant to him. And I know that he was working hard on himself to kind of work out where he wants to take the next steps. I think it's because he just turned 30 and he's starting to panic a little bit. Um, maybe that explains that task that you've got going on your face. But um, yeah, so do you want to start with like what what this year has been like for you? Like what, first of all, define happiness f- uh, to you and then kind of just explain like what happened at the start of the year? Why did you get into that state and what's happened since? Um, so yeah, it probably was like a, you get to those age points, don't you? And, and um, um, yeah, you probably start to weigh up things. For me, like I'm, I'm in between, I think you and Cliff in terms of your um, understanding of happiness. And I think I probably take bits from both. Madge, you're like very secure on yours and I'm maybe not quite there yet. But for me, like uh, happiness is a little bit um, from what Cliff said. He talked about people in Asia being really happy. <clears throat> and I think a lot of that comes down to like the weather because I've been home many times. And when I go home in the summer, everybody's also very happy. Like if you go to London on a summer's day, it's possibly the best place ever to be however if you go midweek you know tuesday and it's raining it's been raining all week it's one of the most depressing places potentially to be and i think when you wake up in a hot country and it's sunny all day that brings happiness for me like i think the financial aspect of things helps massively though and i think you know working hard to make sure that you're financially secure and that you're able to do um, not like anything, but you're able to do everything that you kind of want to do is a big part of it. And I think that's probably what I continuously battle with going back and forth in terms of I'm not in a, I'm not necessarily in the career where I can do absolutely everything and have total financial security. Cause that's as a, as a teacher, that's just not one of those types of professions. However, there's loads of other things that, you know, you can do and, and I have begun doing and lots of things that can help um, kind of top that up. And then I suppose for me is once you kind of have that financial security, then you can start to do things that actually you don't need to be paid for. And that's extra things that you just love doing. But again, I'm, I'm kind of still working on that. Um, and I'll let you know when I figure it out because <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. I've got, I, I've got a question for you, but I'm going to wait until later on to see if you answer it anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, Cliff, do you want to kind of define happiness, what it means to you? Well, yeah, I was going to make a quick comment on what Joe said as well. I think that's a very, I think that's a very good way to think and uh, do things as well, so long as, and I think this is critical, so long as you're not doing something that you don't like for all of that time. So, I mean, that's actually one of the reasons I ended up doing what I'm doing, because I wanted to make sure that if you're working that hard and you want the financial security and you want freedoms, there is a balance between, yeah, you can have freedom now, though, can't you? You can enjoy yourself now. For So why, why enjoy yourself when you're 50 or 60 and sacrifice mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40 
that's I don't think that's the right thing to do. But if you can try to find a balance between doing something that you really like or doing something that you like enough that you think is going to give you the outcome at the end that you want, I think that's the way to go. But definitely, I mean, Joe likes likes being a teacher as well. If he hated being a teacher, it would definitely be something to which would be counter counterbalancing what you're trying to achieve, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, the counteracting rather what you're trying to achieve. But yeah, for me, it's, it's a bit similar to Joe, really. I, I want to be at a stage where I can do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and even when I say that out loud, it's got oh God, who's this guy that got on the podcast. But um, I really, I really do value being able to choose if I want to do something as opposed to, can I, and that can be, you know, your friends getting married in Las Vegas and can you go? And the answer, should, I always want the answer to be, yes, I can go because I can afford to go and mm-hmm. I've got the freedom to go. The only reason I might not is if I don't like him that much or don't <laughs> like, <laughs> or, or, or whatever else, but I don't, I don't, I really don't like being in the situation where I can't do things. Um, so that for me w- was a key driving factor. And, um, but on the way to achieving that, I think I'm potentially quite lucky in the sense that um, I get very stressed and very angry sometimes about the, the difficulties, not a football show, about the difficulties that go with sales and that go with driving businesses and all these kind of things. But actually, in some potentially sick way, I love it. I actually love that kind of stress and I love the the days where you get a win. And I've been going through some incredibly stressful stuff the last seven months, especially. Um, but when you get even a little win, I love that. And it really gives me a big boost. Um, and I think that's, again, why I liked working in sales. sales you can, you, one day you can be the bottom of the pile and and you fail massively and you feel like you want to quit and never do it again. The next day you're the king. Um, and and I, I thrive on that kind of stuff. So for me, it's partly, it is the destination very much mm. of, of, of getting to a place where I can, like Joe said, start picking and choosing things to do that I want to do. Uh, but actually, um, I kind of enjoy the journey, enjoy the grind. Um, I don't say that very often, <laughs> but actually I, I have done a bit of self-reflection and thought, and I do, I've realized that I do somehow just kind of love it. Um, you know, you know what's funny, right? Um, I listened to a, a podcast called a High Performance Podcast, and your mate Eddie Hearn was on it. Legend, right? right? And he he gave a very similar answer to what you give. Really? About, yeah. About, yeah, about high high performance because people were talking about high performance and if he's happy and if he enjoys. And he was talking about I just loved it. I just loved the drive. I just loved getting up in the morning and and getting these little wins and stuff like that because he took his. Um, business from his dad and how he had to prove to his dad to be a different person but then also he had to make his own legacy as well Um, so very very similar what's interesting to me before I go into mine is that I kind of get the feeling that both of y'all talked about financial stability and that that then kind of for me says that the money is a very big part of your happiness right so I wonder if there's anything to do with purpose that was a question I wanted to ask Joe well, now you kind of um, said it as well. Do you do you think about the purpose? Like, does that play a part in your happiness, or is it to do with the financial security? Uh, let's start with Cliff. You answer that one. 
I w- it's not really it's not really security for me actually it's more freedom i want i want to i like really nice stuff this is, sounds a bit you know superficial but i do i like nice holidays i like nice restaurants i like I don't have many of them, but I like nice clothes. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, you should, you, you should invest in a decent shirt if you're saying that. But all that kind of stuff, a car, I, I, when I got, I've only got a Honda HRV. When I got that, I was just like, I love it. I, I quite like materialistic stuff, actually. And I like, I do. And I like, I like, um, I like the holidays and all these kind of things. So it's really the, it's really the things that I can do with the money. Okay. But at the, at the same time, though, in terms of security, I want to be at a stage as soon as possible where I can have all that without actually having to do the grind that goes with it. Now, I know myself and that I would be bored senseless um, if I had all the money in the world and didn't have to work. But then it's that then I know I'll be like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What can I do? And it would be if it's an investment, is it a little mini business which um, doesn't uh, bankrupt me if it fails, but I can put lots of energy and things into that's where I want to get that's the destination really Mm. um, that I want to be at. But then I was relatively fortunate enough to come from a, a good upbringing, so I see a lot of value and there's there's two ways to talk about this about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing for children but I really want to leave a good um, financial security slash legacy to my kids I don't want them to have it when they're 18 or 16 and they go going mad Um, probably have some kind of cool way that they have to earn it in the world or something but I I really value that and I I want that actually yeah how about you, Joe? We're talking about per- purpose and let's call it financial flexibility. Yeah, I think um, I, I like the idea of being able to do uh, do things similar to Cliff, do things that just don't actually need that much. Like, uh, I don't know, I suppose maybe there's like a financial stress to it. There are things that you can buy a house, do it up, there's still like deadlines and there's still things to do, but you can do it without the concern. And I think I like the idea of doing, you know, uh, more work, which is actually benefiting other people. And, and I think, you know, I've spoken to you before, Madge, about this in terms of, well, I can do that now. And that is true. Um, but it's also then when we're in normal school, sometimes actually time is, we don't have as much time to do some of those things um so actually the things that really top up your day-to-day life of what makes you happy so going to the gym and taking the dog out going on holidays spending time with your loved ones then obviously you know that that eats into it as well so I don't know it, it it varies I think this year has been tough for me in terms of a lack of purpose because we just haven't really it hasn't really felt like real school and you know like like Cliff, I mean, his, his, his business has been like up and down all year because of lockdown. So you kind of end up going through days being like, what is going on? I'm not, you know, I'm not earning money or I'm not doing this. So it just brings stresses. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it, it's still something that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, and I think that, you know, that idea of leaving something for kids isn't necessarily in my mind at the minute. Um, you know, I remember 
listening to something of like Bill Gates saying he's not leaving any of his money for his kids. There's no inheritance. Now, granted, like, really? you know, Bill Gates is like one of those types of people where his kids will just be surrounded by wealth. So it's not like they're going to end up on the, at the job center when they're, you know, 18, 21, whatever. But it was interesting for me to hear that he just isn't going to like set them up with a fund. And his idea behind it was, well, why should they? Because I didn't have it and I've made all this money. So they should develop that work ethic and drive. You know, there's other people that have said it as well. Shaquille O'Neal, the um, famous Lakers basketball player, said the same. He did say, granted, that he would set his daughters up, but he's not going to give any money to his boys. Which, I mean, he's like, a, that gender dynamic is an interesting one, but he, his mindset for the boys was same as Bill Gates, saying they need to learn how to make their own money. And I will support them in that. And if they want to give me a business plan, and I will invest in it, but I'm going to act as, you know, I'm not going to give them anything. So... Yeah, two different schools of thoughts. I think if I had a load of money, I'd do like what Cliff said. I'd set up like a trust where they can like dip in and out of, but they have to go through somebody to make sure they're not just buying a Porsche at 18 and then writing it off <laughs> or something. Or, or maybe, or maybe well, life, life goals, I always thought was quite good for that one. So, you know, it could be, it could be get a degree. It could be um, once you have children. You know, mm -hmm. once you have children of your own, then you get something, whatever it could be. It could be, you could be quite creative like that. And you could, yeah. that would be based around your own values and things that you see as, as good. Right. Or it could be whatever you, you if you go to, go to a, um, a developing country and do some form of aid work for a familiar amount of time, these kind of things that you can know should build character mm -hmm. and, and a quality person, person, as your child before they're able to just go, yeah, like you said, <laughs> Lamborghini at 18 and spending all their money in Healy Max. You know, you don't want that yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I think my version of happiness is quite simple, to be honest. It's like, I don't know how to put it into words, but it's an equilibrium of, of what's in my head. So, like, I don't like to be too stressed and I also don't like to be too bored. So I want to kind of keep... What, what's I don't know what to, how to explain it, but it's like the stress levels or I don't know if it is stress levels or like just think about like a pH scale. You've got sevens, like it's a bit of a neutral. I'm like, I want to keep it as close to that neutral seven. Uh, and some days it, go, it goes up, some days it goes down. And there are certain things that, that, that affect that. For me, it's about trying to keep that equilibrium. Um, and I'm quite big on, on the work-life balance as well. Um, I didn't think I was going to be like that. I mean, I, I've worked as hard as you have, Cliff, in my previous job, um, and I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I achieved quite a bit, um, but, um, yeah, it was like getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and working till 7 o'clock in the evening and then basically having a couple hours before I go to bed, and I was doing that for, like, two years solid. And although I achieved a lot of the things that I wanted to achieve and got set my goals, it just didn't make me happy as well. I want to ask, um, we'll, we'll start with Cliff on this one, seeing as he's going to take the longest. Um, are you happy now? And what are the things that you need to do to be happy? Um, I'm just, I am looking back at the notes. And I think technically, because I haven't achieved 
yet the things that I want to achieve, I couldn't quite say yes. Mm. I'd have to say, I'd have to say work in progress. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, some of the days, weeks sometimes are just, you know, horrendous in terms of wanting the world to swallow you up and not be there anymore, dealing with whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, but like I said, again, when I reflect on it sometimes and I realize that I actually do enjoy <laughs> all, all this stress and then the little wins, uh, then I'd have to say yes, actually. Um, so sometimes it feels, this is a strange one, feels like you're not happy because you're so stressed. But actually, when I realize that I'm doing it because I enjoy it and I love, I thrive somehow or other on that stress, then I'd have to say yes. And then the, 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 the balance to that is that also I'm getting to do the things in and around the work, um, outside of work rather, in terms of uh, wife and child on the way and the holidays when we want to do them and um, golf that I can fit in. One or, I hope my shareholders aren't listening to this one. <laughs> one. One or two days a week and an early morning golf round or a Friday afternoon. And, and I can do the football of the weekend. So I, I don't, I don't really lose out on anything. Um, so, and I enjoy all those things a lot. Love screaming at you guys on the pitch. So I'd have to say yes, really. And, but I think what is happiness to feel like, uh, there's not really something that you can say, do you know what I mean? It, it, if you say, what does happiness feel like? We wouldn't all go, well, it's that feeling or, on an ongoing yeah. basis. Cause it's difficult to define, yeah, yeah. isn't it? But I'd probably yeah, say on, on balance. Yeah. So just, Cliff, uh, I forgot to kind of def give the definition from verywellmind.com. Happiness is an emotional state characterised by feelings of joy, satisfaction, contentment and fulfilment. While happiness, as many different definitions, is often described as involving positive emotions and life satisfaction. But you mm. kind of just finished with that. I've got a question for you, Cliff. If you're, you're purely, like, it sounds like your happiness is a destination, right? So you're, you, you're trying to get to that stage of your life where you have that financial flexibility and you've got more choices with your money or whatever. If that is what it is, and like you said, you're working towards it, each year that goes on, you are getting closer and closer to that destination, aren't you? So has your level of happiness increased over that time or does it just go up and down? No, it hasn't increased. And I think, but this is, a, this is another interesting thing which probably our mate Eddie Hearn would agree with. One of the, one of the things that you, um, that makes people want, that enjoy the grind, one of the things that they all have in common, I think, is that they're never actually content. You always want more and you always want the next. So even when you achieve, okay, this, and that was the plan, then it's like, okay, but more, but next. And it's not that you want more money, you know, yeah. we could have had one gym, two gyms. And it's with, to be honest, with shares being different and some businesses being more um, more successful than others of my gym branches, if I just had three, I'd probably end up with the same financial um, get back that I would have yeah. done than I will do with having six. Mm. But I wanted the fourth one. I wanted to do more. And it's kind of so, so you never kind you never reach content satisfaction if you have what I think I have, which is this kind of weird, um, grind-loving push. Are you, are you not worried about that? Because I've got an uncle, right, who's probably later on in his journey than you. So he's basically very similar to you, but like maybe 20, 15, 20 years later down the line. And he's got money, he's, but he's always chasing it. So his 
dream was very much like yours. Like he wanted to get to that stage. He got to that stage. He then tried to enjoy his life, but he didn't enjoy it. And he's not, to be honest, he's not really that happy. He's constantly chasing the next thing. So then when he then invests into something or creates something, his goal is to then just make as much money. Like he has a figure in his head that he wants to sell for that much. And then he wants to then, he says, then I want to retire and just enjoy it. But then he just never constantly happy because he just keeps chasing it. So you, you said that, mm. but yet your goal is to then finish at that point. If you know mm. that, how, how, how are you going to work around that? I think you have to have enough things outside of work and business that you enjoy. So I don't know what his situation is, but for me, I can, some people would retire. My mum is one. She's desperately trying not to retire and she's 78 years old because she won't do anything. She's got nothing to do. Um, the grandchildren aren't near to her um, and she hasn't really got any hobbies <laughs> or anything like that. So I think you have to make sure that you don't sacrifice. Um, yeah. You know, golf is a great one. Joe and I are quite lucky in that because we'll be able to play it until we're 80, probably. No, we are knees, mate. You've got another <laughs> 20. You've got about six months left. <laughs> but th- things, things like that are very important, I think, to counter the, necess- the necessity to keep working. And I think your uncle's in the property business, didn't he? You told me before. He did a bit of that. He's done a bit of everything. Mm. He's a dodgy uncle. I think. Um, <laughs> I think. I think that it, moving, like Joe said earlier, when you've got to hopefully financial freedom stage, then it's about hopefully picking things to do to keep you busy and keep you engaged and keep you uh, challenged which, yes, probably are financial, financially rewarding, but you're not doing them for the financial reward. So the property, the, what Joe touched on, buying a property and doing it, that sounds brilliant to me. I would absolutely love that. Buy an old, like, four-bedroom house and turn it into something different. I'd love that. I think that's amazing. And I think I'd really... But again, doing it, level of stress that you go through to do that. But at the end, it's not, oh, I've turned my you know, £500,000 investment into seven fifty. Is that I've created this wonderful, beautiful thing. Hopefully, hopefully. But you need whatever it is that you choose to do. I think you've got to be cautious that you don't end up, like you said, chasing the dollar, chasing the dollar, chasing the dollar, and then you die. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't want that to be the case. Uh, thanks, Cliff. How about you, Joe? Do you, uh, let's, let's try to take lockdown out of this because I don't think anyone's really happy. Right. So it's quite hard because we've been in it, in it for like 18 months and we kind of forgot what normal life is like. So, um, because I could honestly say I'm not happy right now, but that's because of lockdown. So, just basically, what do you are you are you happy now? Like, if you took that out of the situation, uh, or maybe it's too difficult to take out the question. And what what things that do you need to do to make it make yourself happy? Yeah, I think it is hard to take out lockdown, but I mean, I can I can look back and go, yeah, like you know, things are really good. I think sometimes we, um, as a society, we sometimes have to check ourselves because I think we get absorbed by everybody around us. And that might be friends or it might be social media or the news. And people are always talking about their successes and what they're doing and how they, you know, got rich in 10 minutes and all of these such things. So you, you're constantly going, oh, they're doing, they're doing better than me. Sometimes like pitch yourself against other people. And sometimes what I've found is um, people have, uh, I've, I've not realized this, but people have actually pitched themselves up against me. So maybe like 
friends back home that are in the same teaching situation as me but like on a weekend I can play golf at a really nice resort um and then I can go to you know an island the following weekend and then come back and I and it's the same cost as maybe going into the local city on the train you know so for me like I haven't realized just how lucky I am and actually other people look at our situation as international teachers and go oh they're really living the life so I think sometimes you've got to humble yourself and, and go oh things are really good I, I think I'm like working on that idea of happiness but I think when it's when things are good and you're able to travel and and you know school is good you've got tons of fixtures on you know I think I, I do step back and go oh this is good like a, a normal week match for us would have been like you know you go from a basketball training after school you then go to um, a quality day of teaching you do like a tournament on a Friday and then you like play golf on the weekend and then you're like kind of like driving the buggy back and you're thinking god this is this is living you know like you're sitting with like a drink at the um at the you know the restaurant looking onto the 18th hole you might be stuck sat next to cliff but you are thinking wow like this is quality he doesn't get to the 18th hole does it well sometimes he's normally driven there pitch and put he's a lower pitch and put and then you know but yeah so that's, this, that's this, this is not making me this is not making me happy joe this comment is not <laughs> making me happy <laughs> but uh yeah i think i think you've got to sometimes you've got to work on yourself um more more than you realize and i think this lockdown i've probably gone through more of that journey in terms of trying to figure out specifically what makes me happy and trying to work on just like not worrying about what other people are doing um and i you know and that that i think that's like a constant a constant thing that people work on and a constant journey and even if you're really contempt with your life you still have those days when i'm sure you have god what is this person doing am i am i as secure as them or am i as happy as them so that's just that's just something you've got to kind of work on i got the feeling that this this episode's kind of we've talked a lot about money and stuff like that but I just kind of want to just say to, about Joe is that when I know that I know about this journey it's probably the one conversation that we constantly have it's just not, it's not something that we have a long conversation about but it's something like five ten minutes here and there and it's just a constant conversation that we have or we when we reflect and learn about it and I know it's not just the money situation I know that he's also like looking at his friendships his relationships he's talk, like thinking about the future in terms of like job, like if he wants to keep teaching, like all these, there's all these different things that that are, he's now questioning about whether they make him happy or not. And I think everyone kind of goes through that stage at some point. And for me, I went through that stage when I went to Egypt. So I was in Malaysia from 2012 to 16. Um, and I, the school that I was working at here, honestly, they get paid me really bad low salary, right? basically like budgeting every month. So for me, I thought, I needed the money to make me happy. I wasn't happy then. I mean, I had I had a good life around, like I had a really good social circle and I was playing all my sports and stuff. But at that point, I thought I needed the money to make me happy. So when I moved to Egypt, although the salary wasn't great, it was so cheap there that the salary made, made a lot of difference. Like it, it, it was worth a lot more. So there I did have the money. But the problem in Egypt that I had was 
I was quite lonely. All the sports was taken away from me, although there was like uh, regular football with the lads and stuff, but there was no organised sport, which is what I like to do. Um, I do Thai boxing, which I wasn't allowed to do, the cricket, which I wasn't, uh, it wasn't there. So, and then also like in terms of my friends, like Joe had a very different experience in Egypt to me, but in terms of my friends, I didn't really have friends that were like very similar to me. They had the same sort of banter, wanted to do some very similar things to me. Um, and that was down to like basically people in school were a bit they're a bit older or even if they even if I did have one or two friends who were very similar to me they kind of wanted to do their own thing so I found myself being quite lonely on the weekends so my work life like I said to you Cliff I was like five to seven doing the grind and then even on the weekend working hard because I had a goal like I was a I was the director of sport there and I basically had to start the sports program from scratch and then got us into international competitions and basically got it to a stage where we had training or games every single night, um, Monday to Friday, and then we had three, four international tournaments. So I wanted to, that was my goal, a little bit like how you want your goal to have so many gyms and stuff. So that was my goal. And once I got to that after the first year, the second year was just trying to build on it. But by the end of the second year, which is when I, actually my third year, which is when I left, and my main reason I left was because I wasn't happy, right? And it was, and I knew in that three years in Egypt, all the stuff that was taken away from me, that was the moment I realized, man, all these things did actually make me happy. That was the moment mm. I realized that these things were actually the things that made me happy. So for me, I realized that all my, a lot of my friendships come from these sports social circles that I have. I never, I never realized that. Um, and also like um, my trap being able to travel, um, all of these other things. Before I move on, Cliff, you want to say something? Just a question for you. So when you went over there, I, get, I totally get what you're saying. We're over here, all good, but money wasn't great. And then you went over there and you start. But when you, was it, when you went there, was it temporary? Was it you went there thinking, well, I'll go there two years, save up loads of money, hopefully, because the cost of living is less, et cetera. And sort of you, you went in knowing it was a sacrifice, sacrificing all these sports and social activities for some money. Or did you think it would just be as good and you might have ended up staying there longer? Yeah, I mean... When we when I move, I don't know how long I'm going to stay. So obviously we're on like two two year contracts. Um, but I did I moved there purely not not purely because it was the opportunity. But I never thought that those things were going to get taken away from me. If I knew those things were going to get taken away from me, I probably wouldn't have gone. But I also didn't know that it was going to have that impact on me as well. You know. So like when I've come back to Malaysia, the main thing that I wanted to do was get back into the things that I enjoy in a daily and a daily thing. So that's like the biggest difference for me, like between, I'd say between you and me, Cliff, is I'm not, I'm not about the destination at all. I'm more about the day-to-day stuff. Mm. And that's, what, that's something that I realized when I was in Egypt, was that the day-to-day or the week-to-week stuff was the things that made me happy. So for example, um, I talk about, Joe kind of mentioned it, like my job, I, I'm still as passionate about my job. I've been in it for starting my 10th year as I was day one. Like I, I, I still enjoy it. There's not been a day where I've gone, oh, I hate this job or I feel tired. So in terms of even that job has a purpose to me, even though I know I'm not going to make the most money out of it, but I'm going to have enough to live comfortably and I'm going to have maybe a little bit more to save, but that's all I really need for me. I know that if I do want the more money, yeah, ideally would like you'd like a little bit more money, but I know that I'd have to put the the stress level will go high. I have to spend a lot of hours and then that will take away the stuff that I do like doing on a daily basis. So like, for example, exercising, 
now I've got kids spending time with the family. Like all of that has to be sacrificed, even maybe not playing sports as regularly as I want. Um, so I knew that that's the kind of balance that I'm talking about is that if I want to make money, which I, obviously I don't think anyone's going to say they don't want more money, but I know if I want to do that, I'm going to have to put the hours in. It's simple. It's not, it's, that's when majority of people don't think that it, you know, it's, you put, you put the grind in, you put the effort in, you put the hours in. And, and if you, if you get it all right, then the money comes right. And I kind of know that. So for me, I don't want that stress. When I was talking about the equilibrium, it was about trying to basically these things that I do on a daily or weekly basis is what keeps me quite grounded. So like my stress levels, I'm like, I'm so chilled out. That is when I'm the happiest, you know, that, that's, if that, that's a way of trying to explain it anyway. I know you, you, you said you can't really pinpoint a feeling. This is when I'm the happiest, but I will say that when I came to Malaysia, having spent three years in Egypt, and my, my first child, Isla, was born in November. I remember Joe would remember this. I said to him, this is the happiest point of my life right now. And it was because I just started a family, obviously first kid. I, I'm living in a decent house, very, very comfortable. Weather's great. I'm loving my job. Um, I'm comfortable financially. I'm playing all the sports that I wanted to play, um, which I've missed in Egypt. So I was in a very, very good space and I was until lockdown happened but I know that when we had we've had like four or five weeks I think like September October when life went back to normal a little bit like the, we start playing football on the weekends mm. we start we were able to teach outside um, and we had those training sessions after school and I, I remember I don't know if you remember Joe I was like man Friday there's, there's that feeling on Friday when you just come back home your legs mm -hmm. are dead you just want to sit on the sofa you want to order the pizza and you can't even make you can't finish a movie at seven o'clock I said I love that feeling. That that means that means I've had a really good tiring week and I'm just gonna enjoy it. And so that that's my feeling of happiness. I'm more about the daily, weekly, you know, dose of things that make me happy on a day-to-day -day basis rather than the destination. Uh Joe? There's um there was a guy, I just wanna add something into this, because Cliff, you can you can probably answer to this and equate to this even not being a teacher. But there was a guy who was our head of school at, in Egypt. He was a, quite a character called Peter Godfrey. And I, he must have got this from somewhere. I doubt he made it up himself. But he kind of always spoke at the, at the um, when we were discussing signing a new contract. And he said, look at life like a triangle. And the three points of this triangle are work. And for us, it was school, but work, money and lifestyle. And he said, if you've got one of them, then you need to like move and change or do something. So like maybe that might be move schools or Cliff, that might be like change your profession. You know, if you've only got one of them, um, if you've got two of them, then obviously things are good. You might want to change some things up. You might want to, you know, uh, take on more roles within your school. You might want to try find new friends or new hobbies or you might want to like ask for more money. If you've got all three, so you've got money, lifestyle, which is friendships, hobbies, sport. If you've got, you enjoy your job. If you've got all three, he was trying to say that that is like happiness. That is like gold. And I think, to be honest, sometimes I, even now, I still look back at that and go, oh, actually, a majority of the time got like two to two and a half, maybe even three in Malaysia. And that's maybe why I haven't moved. I think when when we get 
back to school, if school is still not back to normal, that obviously affects things. Um, and there's a couple other things as well, but like, you know, that's kind of how I equate my happiness. Uh, uh, my head teacher in Egypt did a very similar thing as well. He, he talked about a Venn diagram. He talked about, um, what was it now? Uh, work, social and family. And you know, the Venn diagram, it overlaps. It goes, you basically want to be in that overlap bit. And if there's one circle that's, that's affect, it'll affect the whole diagram or it'll affect the whole thing. So a very similar thing to what you said. Yeah. Cliff, you want to add anything to that? No, I think, it, I think it's a good way to um, try and measure and analyze what you've got going on. I think it gets a bit complicated. Well, not complicated, but it gets a bit more detailed when you look at specifically what each of that means and are you really ticking it? So when mm-hmm. you go like lifestyle, yeah, I've got a good lifestyle. Then you go, okay, well, what is there anything missing from your lifestyle that you'd like differently? So you can always analyze deeper, right, mm-hmm. to get into it. So I, I think for me, if I had all three, I still, I still wouldn't be content because I'd be like, well, how about this? How about that? But I, I, I think that's a very, Joe talked about earlier about humbling and taking a step back. And I think that's a very good way to do it because if you are someone that is, um, you think that maybe you're unhappy or you are someone that's just generally unsatisfied looking for more, take a step back yeah. and look, take, take stock is the word, isn't it? Take stock of what you've got. Um, and I think there is a big thing to be said for the, the simplest things of, are you healthy? Do you have a, a decent social circle? Are you able to enjoy basic freedoms and activities and are you able to generally not live hand to mouth every month? And if you if if we're all able to do that, really, we should all be quite happy, you know. Um, but it's just I think we're all wired slightly differently to how what level of happiness we're at. I think maybe is a point. Okay, so let's move on to the last question um, to finish off this episode. Based on what you said. Um, what advice would you give based on your version of happiness to other people? Joe, you want to start on this one? Yeah, can. Um, I I kind of thought about um, the first few things are about like, you know, investing in yourself, you know, um, going to school, maybe going to university, maybe, you know, taking on courses. I think there's a lot to be said and most business people and people who have been successful say like, you know, take those risks, put money into yourself and, um, and things like that. Risk is a big part of it. And, and I mean, I suppose I've taken a risk by moving abroad. It's not massive. I don't see it as massive risk, but you know, it's some risk to it. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest things is about travel, meeting people and asking questions, you know, and I think I emphasize this idea of like asking questions and, this is probably how this has all come about in terms of podcasts and Cliff will um, attest to this because, you know, we've had many a night where I've just like been drilling him questions, asking him things and, and maybe potentially like asking questions that people go, what you asked him that, like, you know, or, you know, you said that. And I don't have a, I don't have any issues with asking the question of things for you to find out. So like, you know, I ask questions specifically about business or specifically about how much money you spend on this or what your thoughts on this what happiness is because if somebody doesn't want to answer it they can respectfully say oh actually i'd rather not say but 
actually a lot of the time people are happy to explain how they've done it or how they've achieved it or what their thoughts are. And then you're going to benefit from that new knowledge. So just talk to people, ask questions. And I think that, that, that type of thing has, has helped a lot of people. It's probably helped you Cliff get your job in the first place. Cause you just, you've asked questions and you put yourself forward for it. You've taken the risk. Um, and that's, that's a big part of it. I mean, you know, in terms of a gender thing, there's a there's a very interesting stat. I know this is all boys here. Is boys will always go for a job, and they will put themselves forward for a job way more, the higher percentage than females, even if they're not qualified for it. That's mm-hmm. something which you know, as uh, females probably need to continue to work on. They they will only apply statistically. They will only apply for jobs that they're qualified for. I think everybody should just go for it. Even if it's a job that you think, oh, I'm not really qualified for it, you know, go for it. And I think that's where the risk comes into it. Um, And just, you know, kind of taking that leap sometimes, having some security, taking a bit of a leap. How about you, Cliff? What would your advice be on pursuing happiness? I think that that was well said there, Joe. One of the most um, lucid little comments you've made. Um, (laughs) I'm looking back at what I said previously, um, which I will will touch on with um, a slight change of language. But I think I think um, setting a goal for me, because I because I find that um, very important to, for, for the ongoing drive, having little goals and targets and things that you want to get. I don't think going too long term, um, if we're talking like younger people, you know, is necessarily the right thing to do because setting yourself a goal when you're 20 of what you want to be doing when you're 40 is going to change drastically when you're 25, when you're 30, 35. I think what you look, how you perceive the world, things that you like, things that you don't like, totally change. So I, I think I think setting yourself a goal of like five years here and there is good. Um, personally, and you know, I'll, I'll probably retract this. Actually, I had written, unless you really know what you want to do. So if you've got a vocation in life to be a teacher, of course, go to university and make sure you can do that. I think if you don't really know what you want to do, then. I wouldn't say don't go to uni. I'd say consider other options is probably wise. Um, I, I've been lucky, bounced around and landed so far in a decent position, but lots of other people probably haven't um, ended up in a good position in life because they didn't get the education levels that they should have. Um, but I think if you're smart and you, and you don't really know where you want to go, what you want to do, then I think what Joe said, I think experiencing life, meeting people, um, I mean, I worked in bars and restaurants for five years. So everyone I knew was so much older than me. And you meet so many strange and different characters, shady, not shady, and all kinds of different ages and all kinds of different jobs and careers, the people that you're meeting every day and serving. You learn a lot. And then you start thinking, would I like that? Would I not like that? And that helped me a lot. So I think it's be open and don't necessarily follow the path which other people are telling you is the norm. Don't necessarily go straight into A-levels from GCSE. Don't necessarily go straight into uni. Uh, maybe even don't do it after a year. Maybe do longer. You can always go back and just kind of explore the world and see where you want to end up. Because like we talked about, I like the grind. I like what I'm doing. Joe likes what he's doing as well. We're, we're looking for something more, but at least we like what we're doing. And I think the worst thing to, to do is end up 
being stuck doing a career or a job that maybe you've studied four years for, incurred a massive debt for, and it's very streamlined. You know, a lawyer. You're going to be a lawyer, but is that the job and the lifestyle you really want? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. So I think that's what I would say. Consider it all and make a good plan based upon what you think you might uh, enjoy in life. Yeah, I mean, going from what you said, Cliff, um, people falling into those uh, professions usually is from like what the reputation or judgments or expectations from society, for example, or families. In some, Parents. In some case. Yeah, yeah. So that, that would be my first one is you need to get to a stage. My advice would be get to a stage where you let go of all expectations and judgments from society, family and friends. And, and that's something what I heard on, on another podcast was about being comfortable, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something along the lines of be comfortable with fear because that is when you will only achieve um, freedom or experience freedom. So the moment you, you are comfortable with fear, you will then be able to experience freedoms. And that's what I mean in, in that, meaning that let go of everything that is kind of holding you back and is similar to what you're saying, Cliff, is that then you can then assess what you want to do. So if at that point where you're at university age, you still don't know what to do, don't take the risk or whatever, think about what you want to do, you can always do it later. So I think that's very similar to what you said. I think the biggest thing between you and me, well, I thought it was a big thing, but then you've also mentioned it in in your version of happiness is that although you like the grind, there are still things that you put in place on a daily, weekly basis to make sure that you you are still doing your day, you are still not just getting bogged down with work. But for me, I'm all about happiness on a day-to-day basis. So I try to achieve, my, my, my objective is to try to achieve happiness each day. Um, it's not possible. It's not possible. But there are days when I am going to be really happy. There are days that I'm not, and I kind of reflect on why, why that happened. And if things were out of my control, I let it go. If things are in my control, then I do something different the next day. For me, the biggest difference, uh, like for why I can't do Cliff's version of happiness is because for me, it's too risky. So like you can clearly tell I'm not a very big risk taker where Cliff is. And Cliff, I think that's what the buzz is, is that you take that risk. And if you achieve that risk, that is basically your your destination, isn't it? Where for me, I don't like, let's not put it in a bad way, but let's say you're achieving something in 20 years time and then you, you do pass away or something. You've never really experienced happiness in your, in your life. Where yeah. for me, I'm thinking about, well, if that is the case, you, you, you never know when, when, when you do go. But at least then I am trying to experience happiness on a day-to-day basis rather than waiting for something. And then also the worry is, is that from speaking to people is that once you get to that place, how are you guaranteed? Because you see all these athletes, you see all these business people, they're all very similar to stories like, oh, I thought I wanted an Olympic goal, I got an Olympic goal. And then you see, oh, I want to be a professional footballer. And then you see what happens after. So I think from lo- looking at other people, I think I'm, I'm not willing to take that risk. And I think the biggest thing for me is something that you've got to be comfortable with is like be selfish. Be selfish, but not selfish in that way where you're harming other people. Be selfish in that if you're happy, you are going to be better for other people. So like it's that saying in it, like um, or the give from a full cup or something or something something along those lines. Um Oh, better, I should have looked what is it? The full, what is it? The full cup? Half cup? Half cup, is uh. it? I don't know. But it's better to give from a... Uh, I'm going to cut that one out. No, no. Um, but you, you get you get, you get, get the point. Like, for me, I made a lot of... I feel a little bit guilty for being here. I feel that I made sacrifices to be out here, like I'm missing out on my family and friends. But I know I'm happy out here, so I'm better for them, me being out here, 
probably because they don't have to see me. But I mean, generally, I'm better at here because I'm happy. So then my relationships, everything around me is a lot better for me. Anything else you want to add before we finish? Um, no, I want to just, I want to say thank you to Cliff for coming on and gracing us with his presence. Eddie Earn, you did a good job, mate. You did a good job. Yeah, it's been really good. I like it. Um, what, there is one small issue, guys. We didn't discuss the fee. So if we could have a little private chat after this just to talk about my general hourly rate, um, we'll take it <laughs> offline. Mate, take it off the seventh gym that you're on. <laughs> um, so just, just kind of uh, wrapping up this episode, we are on episode six now. We're going we're gonna to go to episode 10 and then we're going to have a little bit of a break and we're going to start thinking of other episodes to go into season two. Uh, what I would like people to do is if you have listened to every episode, unlike Cliff and Joe, could you get in touch with either Joe or myself? Um, and what we would like, you, like to do on the 10th episode is to get you on and to kind of share what you've enjoyed about the podcast, what have you learned, what have you taken away, what, have, what has it made you think about that sort of thing. And also, if you have other topics that you'd like to be discussed, even it might be something that you want to discuss as well, um, that you're interested in us talking about, then please get in touch. You can either get in touch with Joe and I through our social medias if you're friends with us, or you chat too much at gmail.com. Um, you can send us an email there. Appreciate all your support. Please, like usual, um, listen to the uh, episode and share it and subscribe. Right. See you later. See ya. Bye.